police in the morning. What starts off as a romantic honeymoon getaway soon turns into a nightmare when Julianne finds out that her new husband has no plans of ever letting her go. Trapped on a deserted island with no communication to the outside world, Julianne realizes that only one of them will make it off the island alive. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the Beam Movie Bros. Bros. Here are Beam Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Here we are back with week three of Getaway Month because, you know, sometimes it's good just to get out, get away, and do something a little different. It's better than being in quarantine. So now we're, you know, taking a look at the 2003 film The Devil's Pawn, getting away to an island all by yourself. And you heard what the back of the DVD box had to say. Let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties top and bottom three. Paul, where do you want to start? Let's start with the top three. All right, I'll get us started with number three. The movie does a really good job with being basically a one-location film. There are a few shots of them in the woods. There's the wedding scene at the beginning, but the majority of the film is just on their little island, and where, you know, a lot of movies, it seems overbearing if things are in one place, this does a really good job at it. Number two. Both Kit Perdue and Tara Reid overact to the nth degree. And it's fucking amazing. In a lot, I mean, so often overacting is just like funny or hilarious, but somehow in this movie, it works and it fits in the setting, having those exaggerated personalities and exaggerated like movements. Sometimes, have, sometimes having less talent is a good thing. Not usually, but this is one of those rare cases. And number one, this movie paces itself really well. And makes a quick turn from, like, a normal, you know, kind of honeymoon setting into Insanesville that's both over-the-top and unsettlingly realistic. And if the movie were paced any differently, I just feel like it wouldn't have worked out at all. So the pacing is just the key for this movie to be what it is. Indeed. So number three, mine's number three is actually your number one. Where I thought this is really well paced. I thought the um the husband Mitch, his descent into madness as he becomes crazier and crazier and more and more abusive was very well done. It felt natural. It felt um, you can see the progression of everything, and it it was um, it felt like rewarding seeing it from beginning to end. You it was a logical um, everything was a logical step to get toward that end. Number two, so the like I, I agree with you, but the limited location where it mostly takes place in the island, sometimes in the woods, but it utilized the limited location to the best of its abilities, and I thought it pulled it off really well. It's not an easy thing to do, but it helped with the feeling of claustrophobia and the feeling of like helplessness that the um, Jules, the uh, wife, felt as like she's watching her husband like be revealed as being a crazy abusive asshole and you really feel that whole not being able to escape this really terrifying situation it really embellished that isolationism oh yeah and number one there are just some really genuinely unsettling and disturbing moments throughout the film like especially at the end where like he's basically gotten rid of all pretenses of being a decent husband and he's just beating the shit out of his wife and it made the ending all the more satisfied but man like that was 
there was definitely scenes where I, I kind of had to look away at times. Well, on to the bad stuff, the bottom of this movie. For me, number three. I feel like Tara Reid looks exactly the same now as she did when she made this movie 17 years ago. And I'm pretty sure that means she's a vampire. And I don't think that's a good thing. Um, I could be wrong, but um, pretty sure vampires are, are not good for the human race. Probably not the best. Number two. Half of the movie, I just felt like Mitchell was just shaggy from Scooby-Doo going through Scooby Snack Withdrawal. Because he looks like discount Matthew Lillard. And so half the time I'm like, come on, Shag. You really can't be that much of an asshole. Like Zoinks, gang, why didn't you clean the cabin? I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. Number one. Actually, you know, tying in with my top one is, yeah, the movie does become a little bit hard to watch near the end because of the abuse that's going on. And how quick of a turn that the movie has at going from one form of abuse to another. Yeah, sounds about right. So, number three, like, you said you were saying how you like the bad acting or the mediocre acting. I didn't think it ruined it. In fact, in some ways, they kind of agree it made it better. But I feel like not having good acting in a movie that's supposed to be serious is still a negative. It's... It wasn't intentional, so I have to put it that there. Number two. So at times, it definitely felt like I was watching the same scene over and over again. Like, Mitch would do something crazy, he and Jules, Jules would fight, she, he'd be revealed as more of an abusive asshole, she would try to escape or leave, and then she'd end up coming back somehow. And the whole thing would just go on, and, you know, we'd have the same scene again. I mean... It was definitely different each time to an extent. You'd see more of Mitch's, like, crazy tendencies, his abusive nature, but, I mean, it definitely seemed like there was this, like, almost yo-yo plot where she would leave, and then, I think the first time she escaped, she just kind of goes back. And I'm like, really? It's, like, I mean, I can tell it's gonna get worse. You should I mean, be able on, to, I mean... On a serious note, I mean, it did show... Like, some truth to the cycle of abuse that, that happens. That is true. As, like, an analogy for, like, an actual abusive relationship, I think it did really well, but as a film, it just seemed like... It, it seemed You've like... you already made your yeah, point film movie. like, on. I've already, like, seen this thing. Like, it was done better than I've seen in other movies. Like, um... I'm not even gonna get into, um... I Spit on Your Grave. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's... It did seem like I was watching the same scene, like, multiple times... And number one, so I put in my top three that there were definitely some unsettling moments, and I thought that really helped with with showing just how um, how the cycle of abuse like escalated. But man, some of those are really hard to watch. Like especially the end where he's just like he's just beating the shit out of her. Like, I, I I had a really rough time watching that, and it's definitely not for everybody. And ugh, I. I'm not looking forward to watching that again. Like, I think this movie was good, but, man, it was a little too realistic at times. I mean, it's it's been about 16 years since I've watched this movie, so... You can wait uh, another 16 uh, years. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good time frame, you know, every decade or so. Yeah, that's, uh... It's never, it's never a pleasant watching, like, someone beat their spouse or partner. And that, that just made me, uh, rather uncomfortable, to say the least. 
One of the things that we didn't talk about, though, in our talk for bottom was the dialogue, but we got some for you, so we can have a good old-fashioned quote war. Quote war. So we'll quote this movie back and forth. You tell us who had the better quotes. I think I'm going to start us off this week with, hey, I've been following you. How about a cocktail? I love your adventurous spirit. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I'm afraid of the water. Don't worry, honey. You won't get wet. How can we make a marriage work if we can't even make two weeks work? Don't fuck up our whole honeymoon because you miss your fucking mother. Loving me doesn't mean you mean just loving the way I make you feel. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. It's time to give this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale. 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 2 out of 10. I also gave it a 2 out of 10. By all means, Devil's Pawn should be a terrible movie. The single location, subpar acting, and generic plotline, which feels more at home on a Lifetime movie network than a serious psychological thriller, just feels so out of place when watching this movie. But somehow, it all works to create a great atmospheric film that's actually pretty hard to look away from at times because it has some riveting moments and some unbelievable moments. It's a great film to watch. It does a fantastic job of portraying the stages of abuse and the changing mental states of the characters. Devil's Pond is a surprisingly well-made, low-budget psychological horror th thriller set almost entirely at a single location. A newly married couple spend their honeymoon at a cabin in the middle of, of a lake where Jules, the wife, soon discovers that she's being held captive by Mitch, her insane new husband. The movie is well-paced, showing Mitchell's slow descent into madness as his abuses te abusive tendencies increase in severity, making for an unsettling and at times disturbing experience. The sequence of events at times feel repetitive, replaying the same basic plot points over and over, with subtle differences. However, you really see the pain and the fear that the wife is going through, and it seems way too realistic at times. All that considered... Considered, um, Devil's Pond still ends up reaching a, a conclusion that feels satisfying and well-deserved. So there you have it, friends. A 3 out of 10 from Paul and a 2 out of 10 from me. Uh, again, a movie that I enjoy watching, but not one that I want to revisit fairly often. Yeah, I was surprised I liked this movie. I was expecting it to be horrible, but it was it's well-made. Disturbing, but well-made. Whether you want to, you know, just make this movie more fun to watch, or... You know, forget about it entirely. There's always ways to drink away this flick. Drink away this flick. So come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away this flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll hear some drinking games for this film. But remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time Julianne is in the water, take a drink. Number two, every time a key is used, take a drink. Number three, whenever anyone mentions Julianne's mom, take a drink. Number four, anytime you see an animal trap, take a drink. And number five, of course, because it's getaway month. Whenever they talk about getting away or being on a trip, take a drink. Every time someone throws something, take a drink. Every time one of the characters says, I love you, take a drink. Every time someone mentions Anthony, take a drink. And every time someone leaves the island, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the slick. If you have any other thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you can leave us a comment either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com-bmoviebros. Follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros. My personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. 
You can check out all of the content, including reviews, interviews, and chats, or on our website, beamreviews.com, where we have new shows each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or our Patreon accounts. Links are right below. We've come to the end of week three for Getaway Month, so let's rank the movies we've seen so far. In the number three spot for me, Cannibal Campout, a movie that I could honestly never revisit again, and I'd be happy. Number two, Devil's Pond, a movie that I enjoy watching, but only want to revisit every so often. In the number one spot, though, Dead and Breakfast, just an all-around fun movie that I could watch probably night after night after night and not get sick of it. I mean, dancing and singing zombies, I, I, I can't. What else do you need? Yeah, this was a pretty easy ranking. Um, number three, Cannibal Campout. It was. I thought it was going to be so bad it's good, but it it missed the good part. Number two, Devil's Pond. It was much better than I expected it to be, but I mean, I don't see myself seeing it again for a long time. And number one, Dead and Breakfast. It was a very entertaining, funny zombie movie that I can definitely see myself seeing again. I, to be fair, I don't think that Devil's Pond is a worse movie. It's just a different kind that I don't prefer as much as Dead and Breakfast. Well, next week is the end of Getaway Month, so let's get away with a purpose. We're going to check out the 2004 film Choking Hazard, where we're going to get away to a cabin in the middle of the woods to learn about the meaning of life. You know, there's always good good thing to have a purpose to your getaway. So, until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get on the next call. I've seen the